to the Shifted Podcast and Video Series. My name is John Hamlin. I work with the Greater Victoria School District Learning Team here in beautiful, sunny Victoria, British Columbia, the capital of our province. This podcast is beaming to you from the land of the Lekwungen-speaking people, the Songhees and Esquimalt Nation, upon whose land we live, we learn, and we do our work. The purpose of this series is to engage educators in conversations about how their practice has shifted in the wake of our global pandemic and the adoption of remote and hybrid learning options. Never before in my career has the landscape of what it means to be an educator shifted so quickly in such a short period of time. Now there certainly have been innumerable challenges as a result of this, but the more teachers I connect with, the more administrators I speak to, the more parents I speak with on the playground the more inspirational and exciting stories I'm also hearing. Like with any change, there can be tremendous opportunities for positive growth and reflection on prior practice, and these positive changes will be the focus of this series. On each episode, we will do a deep dive into a different classroom teacher's daily practice. We're going to focus on the small yet crucial details that will resonate with other classroom teachers from a practical, feet-on-the-ground perspective. I hope to give you the key information you need to know in order to implement some of these ideas in your classroom as well. Initially, this series will focus on a variety of secondary school educators and the unique ideas and tools that they are so generously sharing with us. Secondary school support is my primary area of focus in the work that I do, but I hope that over the weeks to come, we can expand these discussions to include teachers from across the K-12 spectrum. In addition, I really encourage you to share any feedback you have in the comments below via email or via social media. As a good educator, I'm committed to ongoing reflection, assessment, and evaluation of this series, and I hope to keep improving it, evolving it, and expanding upon it over time. Thank you for your interest in watching, and I really hope you enjoy our first episode. This conversation today is coming to you from the uh, traditional lands of the Lekwungen-speaking people, the Songhees and Esquimalt Nation. And this morning we're having a conversation with Martha McKay, languages teacher from Vic High, who's going to talk to us a bit about remote learning in the secondary landscape uh, of languages. So welcome, Martha. Thanks, John. So I teach Spanish and ELL. And this semester, though, this last semester, I've just been teaching Spanish. So I had my semester of just teaching three out of four, which was a nice break. Um, and I teach using stories. So I teach uh, using the method of TPRS or comprehensible input. So I teach Spanish through storytelling. Um, and so step one was how am I going to uh, cover my curriculum remotely? Um, so, cause we just do a lot of talking in the classroom. Initially I thought, okay, Zoom's the way to go. I'll talk about Zoom a little bit later and the hurdles that, um, that we had with that. Uh, but number one, I wanted the kids to remain enthusiastic about Spanish. So we had quite a nice classroom community going in the classroom and I wanted to keep that up, that feeling of community. And, but I also wanted them to acquire more Spanish, obviously. So I was teaching a class of beginners, and for them, I wanted to continue to increase their vocabulary and to continue with repetition of the frequently used vocabulary that we do using comprehensible input. Um, 
so I just wanted to expose them to as much Spanish as I could. And with my intermediates, I really needed to work on the past tense because that's something that they should be doing in grade 10, 11, 12. I have all my grade 10, 11, 12 students in the same class for Spanish. Um, and I also wanted to cover daily routine, reflexive verbs, that kind of thing. So I had those kind of goals in mind, not sure how I was going to do it. Um, I was inspired by a woman named Adriana Ramirez, who's a Spanish teacher in Surrey. And I saw her do a lesson, just, she was at home and beside her was a whiteboard and she just taught her class as she would, but without the interaction of the kids with her whiteboard. And I just thought that's what I need to do. <laughs> so I made a lot of videos for the kids. What I'd like to do actually is share my screen so that I can show you how I presented the work. Um, Okay, so here we go, share, and I'm sharing computer sound. Um, and I've got, so I presented the work via Google Classroom, and I was already familiar with Google Classroom, but I really just used it as kind of um, a way to share resources. You know, I'd post YouTube videos, and the kids would, maybe a few little homework assignments. I don't typically give a lot of homework because I try to use time in class um, for the language development. So the kids were all on my Google Classroom and that was not an issue. Um, I decided that Google Slides was, was the best way to go because the thing that bugged me about Google Classroom is if you, when you wanna give your assignment in the stream, you can't change the font, you can't bold anything, you can't make things stand out and kids don't like to read small print. <laughs> And so this, I got really positive feedback from my students. And actually, this isn't just a language thing. This can be used for any subject. And I know that some of our science teachers at Vic High were using this method as well. Um, the kids were able to go through the slides when I, when I um, launched their week's worth of work on a Sunday night. They could go through and kind of time, you know, look at it and see, okay, how long is it going to take me? I'll do a little bit here, a little bit there. They could see everything rather than having things posted day by day, right? So they knew what they had to do and they knew that it was due um, for the Friday. So important, I feel like they might've read these messages, <laughs> you know, more than they would have um, had it been uh, in the Google stream. So I was also, I used my template, my daughter teaches at Margaret Jenkins. She's a grade one, two French immersion uh, teacher. And so she, I used her slide template and she taught me how to do emojis. <laughs> um, yeah, so here a little message about the Zoom. And then the great thing about slides is you can just put the link right there and it's easy for them to find it. Um, I had a separate Zoom for my grade 12s and the Zoom with a small group was fabulous for conversation. So I had four grade 12s and two advanced grade 11s once a week and we would just talk. And that was, that was wonderful and they loved it. They needed that connection. They're really social group of kids. Obviously, teenagers are social. And um, I invited my nephew to those Zoom classes. He's going to be a student at UVic wanting to become a teacher. He's got a, a Spanish major and an English major. So he came as our, my guest speaker. He's fluent in Spanish and he would have conversations with them too. So that was really fun. Um, so anyway, here we go. I've presented all the work. Typical, um, how I laid it out vocabulary. So the link here is to their vocabulary list. 
and they were to copy it out and take a picture and submit the picture to Google Classroom. And that way I knew that they had done the work. So I really think for languages, handwriting is the way to go because it's so easy for them to Google Translate and copy and paste and cheat. And I wanted to see that they had actually personally made the effort. And John, interrupt me anytime you want if I'm just going on with this. No, I, I think it's great. And I think, um, you know, this this type of the feedback that, you know, sharing the fact that you're using the slides and, and the rationale as opposed to the Google Classroom because you can't customize it, you can't tweak it to be, um, to you know, emphasize the parts that you want to emphasize. I think those are the kind of granular little on the ground tidbits that we're really looking for here today. So that's great. Right. And of course, I posted my slides in Google Classroom and I did put a little, you know, introduction to the week's work in the stream I have a feeling they didn't read that though but they they did read my slides you know so uh, so I had you know task number one task number two so here um, I did a story called La Mujer Misteriosa which is the story of um, the Virgin of Guadalupe which is a very important story in uh, Mexican culture and so I wanted to introduce the vocab as I would in the class. I would do a Google slide show and I would have slides and talk about, you know, where, where the story took place, a little bit about the history. And I still felt that was really important. So this is where I used Screencastify. And I loved Screencastify because, and they loved it because they just wanted to see me, you know, <laughs> it's like, we want to see you, you're our teacher. So can I just play this just to give you an idea yeah, of what, what happens Hola. with Screencastify? So Estoy my... muy emocionada porque esta semana empezamos una nueva historia. Sí, una nueva historia. Basta con la chica complicada. So. Basta. Basta means... Yeah, so I can just go on the way I would. And I mean, I know I can anticipate the problems they'll have, the words they won't understand. And so I can sort of translate those things as we go along. And so we talked about uh, piratas. So, you know, we had to talk about colonialism and the colonies and all of that kind of stuff before so that the story would make some sense, right? So I was really happy to have Screencastify. I could have done it without my face down there, but, you know, they kind of, they kind of liked the personal, the personal, personal touch, touch there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, uh, and it was fun. And I was, um, with Screencastify, you can edit it and you had to pay, I had to pay for the version to be able to go more than five minutes. It's, it's a Google, yeah, it's a Google app, right? A Google extension. Um, but it, you could edit it and I could cut, snip out little pieces and I could also add text into my slides if I wanted, which I did for um, some of my other videos. I don't think I have a sample of that. But anyway, so there's an example of Screencastify and it was really, really useful, I found. And I used that for usually all vocab introduction. Um, so then I did the story and how I did the story inspired by Adriana Ramirez is I, um, I'll show you, I had my black, my whiteboard. So because I have multi levels here, my grade tens were tasked with listening to the story and writing it in English. Whereas my Spanish 11 and 12s were to listen to the story with a pen in hand and try and write the story in the past as they, as they heard it. So, and they actually liked that task. So here's an example. Que oh. Dios 
God, que Dios, Dios quiere. So there are my mannequin heads, which I got from our, uh, at Vic High, we have a uh, hair salon. And at the end of the year, they're done with their hair. They're, they're cutting all the, the hair of the mannequins and they were giving some away last year. So those were my volunteers. In class, I would normally um, get my students to come up to the front of the class and be the volunteers. So, you know, remote learning was a little bit different. So you can see I've got my whiteboard and I translate things for them. And I just, and they really liked it because I would even stop and ask the class questions, leave a pause. And, you know, they did give me feedback. They said, yeah, we were really trying to answer these questions. Okay, one of the things I also had here, I don't know if I've got where this comes in. Just because the bishop, we only have one bishop Oh, yeah, this was yeah. when my husband came in. Tell him, this is the command for saying D. Felipe, ¿quieres ser el obispo? So I'm saying, Phil, do you want to be the bishop? <laughs> what, is that, what does that mean? Do you want to be the bishop? I'm not sure I could pull that off. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bueno. Felipe. <laughs> I just happened to have a file folder fashioned into a hat. I was just standing there by pure coincidence. Anyway, you can see that I, had, I tried to have fun. Oh. <laughs> it's, become, it's a family affair now with your it daughter. Became a it became a family affair. And the kids loved that. You know, they really did. And, and that's what a language is about, creating a community and getting to know each other, right? So they enjoyed that part where they got to see my husband. You, you, um, yes. Yeah. I was going to ask, you mentioned a couple of times, uh, you know, based on your feedback from students. So um, and maybe you're about to get to that, but I'm just curious. I am. What, um, yeah, what mechanism have you been using to get that feedback from students as you moved along with this process? Yeah. Okay. Well, it brings me to the first week, which I think was the hardest week. And I wasted so much time looking on Google Classroom to see who's turned in, who's turned in, who's done my work, you know, what do they think? What do they think? And it's like teaching a wall because you get nothing right? And we're not used to that. We're used to reading kids' faces and stuff. So I got smart. And after every lesson, they had to fill out a Google form. So here's a Google form sample. So first name, last name, name one thing you liked about this week's lesson. So I needed to hear something positive. <laughs> I didn't want to say like, what did you think of the lesson? I wanted to know what did you like about the lesson? Um, because that would make me feel better. And then I would know what you know, what to do more of, etc. Uh, what was the workload like this week? Please comment on amount and level of difficulty. So some of them told me how many hours they spent on it. Some of them said, oh, it was perfect. Some too much, you know. And I also, you know, you know your students. So it's like, okay, well, I'm not really going to listen to this guy because he's going to say it's too much every week, you know. But no, it really helped me. It really helped um, guide my teaching. Will you or did you attend the Zoom meeting this week? And if not, um, if you don't attend, please explain why not. So I, once a week, I had a Zoom meeting for my, for my classes. And um, because it was, they knew that Zoom meetings were not mandatory in the district or whatever, um, they kind of got the message that they didn't have to go. You know, and this is something I want to change. I would like to change personally for September, whether it becomes a district decision or whether it becomes a personal decision. And I discuss with parents, but I know that my students were all, they all had good connectivity at home. It was possible for them to come to the Zoom. And so in the Zoom classes, I would reinforce 
vocabulary or structures that we had been covering that week. Um, and I would sometimes repeat lessons with the grade nines. And so those that attended the Zoom, they definitely benefited. So I just think that, you know, so I started to put that in the Google form at the end because I wanted them to think about it. Like, wait, I guess everybody else is going to Zoom. Maybe I should go too, you know? Sorry? Well, if you had to estimate what percentage of students of your, of your class total would you say were, were, were active participants in this process? Ah, okay. So... In the whole, like not Zoom aside, I would say I got about 75 to 80 percent pretty good engagement. Um, And I there were maybe two kids in all my classes that just absolutely did not engage. Two to three. Um, Two, maybe. Mm -hmm. And. What I did with my grade 10, 11, 12s, I had some students that they would have gotten through grade 11. They were grade 11 students. And well, no, there were grade 10s too, actually, who really relied on classroom cues to understand the language. And they were drowning, you know, and they weren't self-motivated kids. So what I did is I saw that they were struggling They either weren't submitting or they were telling me it was overwhelming. So I gave them the option, and I don't have the link here, but I gave them the option to do Spanish enrichment activities. So they could, I had a whole list. Now, this is where my Facebook groups came in. (laughs) I'm a a member of several Facebook groups, and they're mostly teachers in the States and groups that teach the way I teach through stories and comprehensible input. And in the States, they started the remote learning about two weeks before us or three weeks. And so they were posting all this great stuff. So I was like getting all these wonderful resources from them. So it was a, a, a sheet of links to Um, Well, there were Netflix suggestions in Spanish. There were, you know, do yoga in Spanish, um, listen to podcasts in Spanish. So what I did is I had I had about four kids on my enrichment activity program. So they weren't going to end up getting a B in Spanish, but they could get a C plus in Spanish with positive um, participation in the enrichment activities. And like, you know, play Duolingo for 15 minutes a day and that kind of thing. So I was happy that we arrived at that um, opportunity for them because they just were students that, you know, they needed to be in the classroom. Yeah, you found found a flexible and adaptable solution to help those kids out. Well, yeah, and actually they sent me some, a couple of them were really, I said, the deal is you have to email me every Friday and tell me what you did. Like just a little paragraph, just what did you do? And, you know, one of them said, I actually think that, and and there was links to songs and games with songs. And, and, you know, they said, I I think I'm actually feeling better about Spanish than I've ever felt just because it's fun, you know? So yeah, it was good. That's great. Thank you so much. This has been really interesting. And I'm going to link um, a number of the resources that you've mentioned um, throughout this, uh, this conversation when we when we send this video out. So, sure. um, is there any um, last kind of tips or tricks or any last suggestions you might have for other language teachers in the Victoria School District? I do have. I do have just a couple more things. So, Clipomatic, I like. It's an app. It cost me eight dollars to put on my phone. You can choose whatever language you want, and you can produce videos for under one minute, and it puts the captions underneath automatically. 
So I really like that. Do I have time to show you quick or yeah, no? Sure, sure. Okay, I'll just show you a quick one. Here's my husband uh, volunteering again. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> Hola, clase. Aquí estoy en la cocina. ¿Y quién es? Ah, es mi marido, Phil. Mi esposo, Phil. Hola, Phil. Hola. Phil, ¿qué estás haciendo? Estoy preparando sopa. Excelente. Me gusta mucho la sopa de mi esposo. Es un buen cocinero. Gracias, Phil. Adiós. Adiós. So those were super fun to make. And now I've got this bank of little videos that I will use in the future as well with the kids. And then another thing I discovered was Kahoot. You can assign it for online. Um, I didn't know that. We've always played it in the class. But you can assign it and you can get them to sign in with their real names and you can see their score on any summative review or whatever that you do. So, yeah, I thought that was a good and they liked that. That was a good way of um, reviewing. Yeah. And I've got more links, but that's great. You know, I was going to ask you about um, how you scaffold between your 10s and 12s, because I would imagine you have quite a diverse level of skills between them but you're um you, you showed that slide previously that had that sort of differentiated expectations for each level so yes and having the grade 12s have an extra zoom and they were also given um an act they had to fill out an activity log so they were also given enrichment activities to do and they had to do extra on top of what everybody else they had to do with the rest of the class so they either had to read for 20 minutes uh four times a week or you know, watch videos, listen to podcasts, and they had to log all of that and submit that to me at the end. So they were doing that. Plus, with the storytelling, I find that, you know, the grade 12s, it's a review for them, but it's also moving the um, language from the passive to the active, like things that they always recognize, words that they knew if they heard them, they were sudden, you know, they were slowly being able to use them in their speech and their writing. So the Blended model, the grade 10, 11, 12, works really well with, with the TPRS, with the storytelling. That's fantastic, Martha. Thank you so yeah. much for taking the time to share all of these brilliant ideas with us. And if it's okay with you, we'd love to uh, check back in in the fall and see how things are going, you know, however, yeah. however we Fingers are. Fingers crossed, we'll <laughs> see the faces of our kids live. Wouldn't that be something? <laughs> <laughs> it would be, yeah. Thank you again for your time. We really appreciate it. Okay, no problem. Okay. Thanks, Thank Don. Thank you so much. Okay.